and welcome to the Race FF podcast. I am your host, Emma Garcia, and today, um, solo. So, a little bit of uh, a throwback. Um, we'll go into EG updates, um, stuff that I'm continuing, uh, essentially, uh, the saga of the transmission continuing. Um, and, uh, of course, we'll have your Honda Challenge update and pretty much, um, how things are kind of, uh, going in and, um, uh, my goals for 2023, um, with racing and I'm, I'm trying to kind of, I don't know, like, so for this year, uh, of course, I really want to try and, uh, see if I could get pretty high in the regional, uh, championship, maybe a podium position, like third overall would be a huge, uh, gain for me. Obviously this year, um, that did not go well, but, um, still very proud of myself for my overall standing, um, out of essentially 14 cars, I came in sixth. So, um, upper, upper, you know, upper region there were a couple of uh, good races and a couple of good um setups and you know i'm kind of happy that uh i went i didn't go to the uh big willow um or rather the last race of the year which was big willow because of that uh main shaft bearing that um carlos had found um to be very very uh loose so the bearing kind of looked like a spherical instead of a bearing so there's a lot of play in that one um so what i what i kind of wanted to talk about is um obviously obviously you know um if you didn't hear i was already in the um unaccepted pod uh, podcast episode um recently stopped by and i um, helped a uh, guest host for a minute. Um, if you're into anime and, uh, other car stuff like that, um, you should give them a listen. They're pretty cool people. I enjoy them. Um, one of the things they brought up, which I thought was interesting, um, was the whole, like, idea of budget front-wheel drive cars that are non-Hondas. Because, let, let's face it, right now there's this crazy tax on anything Honda, and it's honestly really frustrating to see all of these um, cars that really shouldn't be flying up in price. Like, five grand for an EK is, like, this, this is ridiculous. And I'm talking about a, a single cam, of, of course. Um it's it's just not like realistic prices for how old the cars are and the amount of problems you're gonna have, especially with the old dizzy setup. So in in my conversation with them, we talked about um, you know kind of the budgets uh, of front wheel drive cars and um, what what is available uh, to them, and it it got me thinking, you know. I 
got a taste of racing and mind you i'm nowhere near competitive or mid-pack yet so it's a long while before i get there um i i'd like for me to get into it uh more this year but you know i have to be more realistic with uh my budget and setup and time but like it's it's also got me feeling a little bit nostalgic, you know. I I talk to a lot of beginners oftentimes and you know the the whole tired trope of seat time and seat time, but it's also like it's also a lot of fun to go out to a track event and not have like a big setup. And mind you, my, my big setup is probably like most of the wheel to wheel guys is like basic setup, which is just like an SUV that can tow and a U-Haul trailer. So when it comes to that, it's just like, I, I'm still like basic as basic can be. But, you know, when you consider where I started out, which is essentially driving the car to the track and just like swapping wheels, like, that in and of itself is kind of like, you know, it, it's it's a real nice, like, low barrier of entry because, I mean, to get there, most of the cars are fuel efficient, so you're getting 30 miles to the gallon. And, you know, I started thinking about really, like, the people that were trying to convert into racers and... We want to have people who are out there with us that are competent, have a lot of seat time, and have a good way of building their foundation. And I guess more than just having like an idea, or rather um, just like set of goals, is also enjoying being out on the track. And I find the more the more you have in terms of focusing on the actual seat time instead of car setup car alignment and all these like little power modifications that you want to make the more you you can do bare bones things the more you're going to have more seat time and improve as a driver so it, it, it's kind of wild to me <laughs> and like that that is really where kind of like I started and it's still like wild to me to see people that still push that idea and still push uh, the whole like drive to the track still with their cars. Obviously, I'm talking more of like TT and HPD uh, people more than um, uh, obviously wheel to wheel people like wheel to wheel people that drive their cars to the track. I mean, yeah, there's not that many of people. Well, I have to include myself in that. I did do that for a minute. Um, so there's not many of people like us out there, and especially like over in uh, in the East Coast, it's even uh, like Mid Atlantic and Northeast, and now the Southeast. Um, yeah, like that type of uh, individual is kind of wild to see. So yeah, like. Seeing somebody going out there and, you know, tracking their car, driving their tr- uh, their car out there is it, still pretty dope. And I always enjoy that. So, to me, I think that's really, really dope. Um, 
I so um so much enjoy seeing people that uh that actually do that. So I am trying to find this person and I am doing a really bad job of it. But there is somebody who drives a cutlass. Shout out to this person. I think it's a cutlass. Supreme. Uh, oh, no, no. Here we go. Here we go. Found him. So it is on Instagram. Got to give this person a, a shout out. Um, it is Knuckle Dragging Space Case. <laughs> shout out to this man. He did a freaking 11 hour drive to the track and of course tagged me in it and like <laughs> this well it's just under 12 hour drive to the track he went uh to what was it uh Roblin raceway and i i think this is um like i i don't know uh american cars that well you know i i just try not to use the division number uh sockets out there so i i don't know but this man's a gangster like i have so much respect for this person um because he slept in his trunk and the car's like an old cop car so the trunk is huge it's kind of like those uh jokes of uh what's it called um uh, uh, those mob movies where they could, they go like, how many dead bodies can you fit? And for this one, you can at least sleep one uh, fairly comfortably. Um, so yeah, shout out to this man. Um, again, uh, a lot of this is powered by uh, Instagram. So like, I don't know this person's actual name, but I I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to, Send him some stickers or something because that is some gangster as driving that that freaking far away. So shout out to that person. Um, um yeah, I, I don't know your name and I apologize for that. Um although it might be I think maybe Brian Colmang. So if that's you, um you know who you are, you're a listener. I appreciate you. You you um Gave me those nostalgia vibes. And, you know, when I was talking to Unaccepted Pod, um, Tony and uh, Leo, I was, I was kind of taken back on one of the, one of the uh, conversations, which was uh, budget front wheel drive cars, like cars that you could take to the track. And for me, like the car has to be kind of like, you, you break it down into certain sectors, which is like ease to live with, room and availability in terms of the car, and of course budget. So for me, obviously I look at something like a Honda Fit, because if you wanted to, you, you know, bust, bust out like the homie and sleep in the trunk, you could sleep in the back of a Fit, but the prices are kind of ridiculous and it's pretty wide. So I wanted to do something where I give you guys kind of like my thoughts on some budget front-wheel drive cars that are not Hondas. And uh, kind of my thoughts on them and why I would or would not go with them. So, without further ado, um, the first budget one, and of course I'm, when I'm talking about budget, I mean, short of like Dylan, uh, shout out to EJ2 Track Rat, 
Like people don't know like how how dirty cheap I want to go. So I'm talking about sub 5k because car prices, yes, some of them are going down, but that's only on the cars people know, don't want. So your Cobalts and uh, Tauruses and stuff like that, like those prices are going to go down. And again, I don't follow those brands uh, very well, so they might be discontinued and I'm just talking about uh, cars that really don't matter. So in terms of like a budget car that kind of does everything, I just looked at the fit and what are things that kind of look like fit from reliable manufacturers and of course the one that kind of looks like a fit hands down is gonna be the yaris so the yaris came in like a two-door four-door i don't know if they came in a five-door i don't know that um they definitely didn't come in a two-door but they came in a three-door uh hatchback and a four-door so <clears throat> if you um are looking for a stupid cheap car you could do that one because you know look for your average hpd year and for somebody who's learning and going out there for sub 5k you can get a decent yaris and literally in in all honesty this is all you really need to do is tires and brake pads get like what I preach a lot is the, um, what is it, the ATE um, Type 200. Before it used to be the Super Blue, and now because of the lame uh, California restriction where it says uh, brake fluid must be blue, or must be like golden color, can't be blue. I don't know um, why, but that's whatever. Um that one you can get pretty far in terms of like your hpd career and get into uh time trials with it and you can do um pretty well in tt6 i imagine you know it's probably not the most competitive car but because it has a lot of room it's a bubble shape you can uh still get those cars for really cheap and it's going to be stupid cheap on everything that you need to do. You get an aggressive pad. Guess what? You're going to be able to buy those rotors from AutoZone or if you're cheap like me, um, Rock Auto. So, yeah, I, I would go with a Yaris. It's a very cheap and easy uh, track car and along the same lines, maybe a little bit bigger, maybe a little bit more robust. Um, I'm looking at the... Toyota Matrix is another one. Again, that one came in as a five-door, so you definitely can sleep in it, have an extra set of wheels in it. Again, that that's kind of like my criteria for the vehicle is that you'll be able to put stuff in it and drive to the track and then like camp out or sleep there or what have you. Just trying to keep the cost of everything as low as possible so that really... Your biggest cost is maintenance and freaking uh, entry fee. And that way you can maximize, you know, the the thing that um, as a beginner that everyone's lacking and that is seat time and more exposure to being out on track. So the Matrix has a lot of good things going with it. And 
And one of them is that, so in the 90s, it was super popular for a manufacturer to just reach out to another one and say like, hey, can we just like borrow your car and we'll just put our badges on it? So like, if you, and again, this is dating myself, but if you had a Mitsubishi Eclipse, guess what? It was an Eagle Talon. If you had a Mercury Villager, it was a Nissan Quest. If you had XYZ car, it was really this. If you had a Toyota Corolla, guess what? It was a, what was it, a, a Geo uh, Storm or whatever. I think, what was it? No, it, it was like a Chevy, Chevy something. Aha. Uh-huh. Damn it. I am losing my mind on that one i'm gonna uh, i'm gonna go ahead and say it was a geo but it was also a corolla and it's like in the 2000s it was a geo corolla god damn it now i can oh geo prism there we go got it thank you google so, that happened a lot. And with the Toyota Matrix, um, you had the Pontiac Vibe. So, you could probably find them, although it's going to be harder to find those five-speed. But, again, um, there is kind of like an issue between the 2ZZ and the 1ZZ. I do know from Stillrola, who kind of messes with that engine a lot, um, that the... 1ZZ, the underpowered engine, has a pretty decent baffle, kind of like the D-Series have a decent baffle from the factory, and much like the B-Series, the 2ZZ does not have a baffle. If I'm correct on that one, I might be wrong. I don't know my Toyotas that well, but I believe that's something we talked about, where the 2ZZs kind of are a little bit... um known for that and i mean the simple solution to that is to run half a quart over not the ideal one not the best one ideal would be having one of those really nice baffles like what i have on my ace gen civic but high tech does not make (laughs) baffles for uh corollas or yaris's uh so yeah I, i i have a fancy boy uh baffle from high tech and yes it's the high tech guy who makes the who who makes the really cool headers out there um so that's one and then another one and i know you guys are some people are gonna like flame me a little bit for this but i helped out a another podcaster with a purchasing one And, of course, I'm talking about the Mini Cooper is another one. And this is where I was kind of surprised. Because, you know, depending on your age, you kind of get an idea of what a car's worth. And it just kind of stays kind of stagnant there for a good while. And you don't realize that all of a sudden you're now like 5 to 10 years older. (laughs) And that car, you're like, yeah, that's like a $4,000 car or like a $10,000 car. And then it's like, oh, wait, that's a $4,000 car? Like, what? That's wild. So, yeah, a Mini Cooper uh, non-S 
That car, I think, handles really well. It's a German car, so it's going to handle pretty well. It's going to have a lot of parts uh, support. But they are stupid cheap. Now, do I know those cars very well? No. Do I still trip out that because they're left-hand, they're originally right-hand drives that the freaking uh, hood prop is on the passenger side? Yes. Thank you, Bill. Um... Uh, Yes, that is extremely annoying. Um, but you you think with like you know being a German car that they would invent some sort of weird, complicated way that would uh, allow you from the left hand side to open the hood and make it still super complicated and incredibly likely to fail, like most German stuff is. But I think. I've been and and again I go off of Facebook Marketplace uh, prices in terms of like what I'm able to find, and I think for sub five k you can easily find a decent condition Mini Cooper, and yes, you could get the S uh, engine in there and all this other stuff. But again, we're talking about trying to make the biggest thing in terms of maximizing your track time and not really focusing too much on the performance side. Tires, wheels, tires, and brakes. Just like, you're set and go. So, to me, those are pretty good, um, like... Cars you can go ahead and get for five grand for under five grand that you could get on there. If you have another idea, or if you have other cars out there, um, bring them in. Uh, send me a message on uh, Instagram or whatnot, and uh, I'll I'll add them on. So yeah, I I mean, realistically, it should be like a top five for under five, but I don't know. Like, the problem is that if you look at most cars, especially, like, the Hondas that I would really like to recommend, um, I guess the only ones that would be, like, in there would be the 2000 to 2005, like, Civic Coupes, the EXs. But then again, they suffer from the same handling characteristics of, like, the RSX and the EP3, but you can still find them. Um, I don't know if they're easily found for under 5K. It's just not something that I see a lot in the Facebook marketplace. Um, I, I'm also looking at stuff that's fairly lightweight. And kind of like... I guess you could call them like Sunday Cup cars. Because, I mean... If you're able to compete in that class, that would be something kind of cool. And it gives you a taste of competition and how to stack up and kind of get there. Um, I I think it's a really good way of uh, getting people to dip their toes in and see how they can hang with uh, some fairly competitive people. And again, TT6. um, I don't know SCCA because that's also, you know, the super secret uh, car club of America. I really don't know anything about SCCA classing and how that one would be classed. I guess it would be like a spec, what is it, a spec B car uh, for that one. But I believe that's the wheel-to-wheel one, so cage and everything. Again, 
trying to minimize the amount of money you're going to be putting into the car and just keeping it as simple as possible. So yeah, I think you can do that. Put all your money on going to the track, maintenance on the vehicle, and just trying to keep it as simple as possible. And then jump into your race car and hopefully you're able to save enough money to go ahead and, uh, and, you know, do something with that. But, um, that's my opinion and why you should go with that. And, um, yeah. So obviously right now, uh, the Northeast and, uh, mid Atlantic are not started out yet. So without them, I guess, what we're going to have to do is uh, go with a little bit of a shorter one, but... Honda Challenge! <laughs> so, of course, we're thankful to uh, um, Jackie and uh, Sefer's uh, little one uh, for that soundbite. Again, I'll never get tired of the Honda Challenge update. So, obviously... Um, the last race of the season for, for SoCal was the Big Willow event. I was planning on going to it, but, uh, I got, you know, way behind on the transmission and, uh, one thing left, led to another. So I was not able to, um, go out to that event and that was really the la the last event of uh of Honda Challenge we had AAA Speedway but it was uh it it was rained out so you know we 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 as in uh essentially the rest of the Honda Challenge uh people did not go and Auto Club is one of the more expensive tracks so it's kind of sad because I believe, and again, this has been said so many times, but I believe this is the last time we'll be able to race at Auto Club Speedway. And in, in my, um, what's it called? In, in my Silver Civic, I'm able to get about 130 miles an hour into uh, turn one. So that's pretty fast in my EG. I think I've seen like 110. <laughs> uh, so quite a considerable amount of uh, speed differential between those two cars. So uh, give me a sec. Sorry, I'm trying to do a better job of uh, being a podcaster and recorder person um, and not sneeze into the uh and not sneeze into the uh, mic as much. So, for Southeast, you know, I I don't I don't think I gave them any credit for uh, their overall finishing from twenty twenty two. So I wanted to take a second and uh, give a shout out to those people. Um, so we'll just go quickly um, for twenty twenty two Honda Challenge number two. Um, Will McKenzie in first place, uh, car number zero. Second place, uh, Michael Kramer in the 171. Congrats. And uh, third place, Carl Condor in the 131 car. 
so it was pretty much a real competition between Will and uh, Mr. Kramer. Um, but even then, it, it you know, it looked like they were fighting out there. It doesn't look like... Uh, Actually, Southeast Honda Challenge uh, 2 looks a lot like SoCal Honda Challenge. Um, it, it looks like a SoCal Honda Challenge um, freaking um, 4. So, um, But, you know, each one is a little bit stronger. Um, so I'll just go with the top three from uh, Southeast, which is... Uh, car number 413, Shane Lovely, uh, in first place. And, of course, we're talking about 2022. Um, second place, uh, car number 8, Rob Oxford. Um, third place, William Hunter in car number 305. So, this was actually a little bit of a tighter group. You're looking at a difference between first and third of only 140 points. So that's pretty significantly close because each race is worth 100. And even though first place has 1630, all the way down to Andrew Hicks, who finished in fifth. And I love that car number, 555, go, go, go in Japanese. Um down to 1235 so again pretty close with each other so i believe these are all s2000s i could be wrong i don't know all of these people but i know that they're gonna have their hands full because on the most recent race um they have a new challenger so obviously I'm talking about um previous guest um Mr. Boston in um the S2000 for H1 and as I'm looking at the um results here just doing Boston Maller Honda Challenge H1 and as I'm seeing there, he also set a new lap record along with Michael Kramer, both uh, in Honda Challenge, Kramer in Honda Challenge 2, and Boston in Honda Challenge 1. So, right there we have Boston Mailer in first place for Honda Challenge, and this is on Saturday. Um, second place, uh, car number 305, William Hunter, another S2000. Uh, third place, car number 8. Uh, Rob Oxford. So, pretty sick. Boston did a freaking phenomenal job. He really uh, is, you know, in terms of, like, rookie and doing really well and finishing off up ahead of people who have their cars maybe a little bit more sorted out or have the seat time out there over him. Yeah, pretty awesome. And, of course, in Honda Challenge 2, we have Michael Kramer in first place. In second place, car 181, uh, Team Mordor in a Honda Civic. And car number zero in third place, Will McKenzie, who, again, won um, the 2022 Regional for Southeast, if I am correct on that. Okay, I'm going to trust myself. <laughs> I'm going to have to correct it later. 
Um, but yeah, I wish I kept that page open. Double checking, double checking. Let's see. Da, 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 da. Yes. Yeah, Will McKenzie did win it. Yeah, Michael Kramer was second. Okay, good. I, I, I don't want to get <laughs> corrected up on that one. But yes, so for Saturday, congrats to both of them. That was a fun episode to having, having them on. And, you know, I, I just... I just really enjoy talking to more people from uh, regions that I know very little about because I, I like having a fuller result or fuller picture of like this racing series that I really do enjoy, which is Honda Challenge. And let's see Thunder Race 3. And I think this is Sunday and it's pretty much the same except um uh, boston mailer again on the challenge one first place second place rob oxford in the car number eight s2000 in third place william hunter in the 305 car and in honda challenge two michael kramer 171 um in car 171 first place Followed by Will McKenzie, second place, Acura Integra. And third place, Car 181, Team Mordor. So, as it currently stands, it looks like, based on the consistency and based off of what I've heard, uh, Kramer may or may not be focusing on... uh, the regional championship, so maybe uh, Will McKenzie might have his, you know, m- might have it pretty easy for him to just like walk through and win the regional championship again. So I don't know. Maybe Kramer might well might want to stay out there, but for Boston, for sure, he's definitely going to be a contender. So H one has a lot of work to do. Um. And as I said earlier, uh, SoCal Honda Challenge, we did not race. No one showed up. Should I have gone and just gotten my participation award and gone first place? That would have worked. But again, I don't have the gearing and I would have just slowed everyone down. And I don't have rain tires. So all of those things put together puts a naughty good time for me uh, going out to Auto Club Plus. Honestly, I've been scared ever since uh, I've noticed that Carlos in the Beans Dog Racing Team uh, break transmissions there. And as you hear, like, transmissions breaking and transmissions not going right, that's kind of like a triggering thing for me right now. So let's, let's just stay away from that for right now. So with that, that will pretty much complete or conclude the... So, yeah. Um, so now that we have the Honda Challenge update done, what what am I going to be doing in terms of trying to get uh, more seat time and trying to figure out, um, you know, how to improve myself? Um, we still have our Lemons car that we... Um, 
that's still running the freaking gravel pit engine, which is really an engine that we pulled out of a gravel pit and just shoved it into our car. So I still want to run that one, get um, more seat time. It would be dope if it was a track like Button Willow or Big Willow um, to do like a lemon style, style race or an enduro just to be able to get more seat time and work on wheel to wheel. Uh, passing and um, getting just getting more seat time uh, competing with other people Uh, so I'll have to work on that but I'm also going to be looking at doing Sunday Cup when Grid Life comes over to West Coast with that car so hopefully everything works out and I'm able to use that car and hopefully it doesn't blow up (laughs) But given um, the lap times that I know they did last year for Sunday Cup, and I'm going to have to reach out to a couple people to make sure that that car is still legal for Sunday Cup because I might have to go to a junkyard and buy a freaking passenger seat for it or I don't know see if everything is kind of in line there's a couple new rules in terms of minimum ride height so i want to see like where i am on that one but aside from that i think guys that's kind of all i have for you um again thanks for the likes and support and sharing of uh all of the um content i really do appreciate it um i need to do a better job on it i am trying but you know this is still a passion project for me and i greatly appreciate everybody's uh feedback and help and of course not alone anymore in talking about honda challenger nasa things you have the blind apex uh podcast with uh con i'm not gonna try and say his last name (laughs) Kantuk? Kartuk? Kantuk? We're going to go with that. So, yeah. Check him out. He has a lot of uh, people who might be a little bit familiar to you. So, again, he's a little bit more technical-oriented. I'm still on the story story side. So, yeah. Um, And with that, guys, I think that's it for this week. I will see you guys next week. So, thank you and goodbye. Thank you.